We may not have rivers, and we may not have fish. So do you want to do something? What's up, everybody? This is Fred Ricciani. We have right here on the line a very special guest. He is an American filmmaker who is tackling the major water crisis in the state of California. We are talking to filmmaker Jacob Morrison of Rivers End, which will be available on demand on November 2nd. Jacob, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. How's everything going? Good. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, doing great. How are you? Doing all right. But man, I had a chance to watch the documentary and it was just absolutely mind-blowing because while it does pertain to california it can really apply to the rest of the united states and really north america when it comes to the water crisis now a lot of times when we hear the word or the phrase water crisis we think droughts you know we think okay you know climate change and obviously that plays a part in it but what i didn't realize going into the documentary was the politics involved so i gotta ask you first what was the inspiration behind tackling such a, a tough topic yeah that's very well said um well, to be honest, I didn't know how tough of a topic it was when I began. It was during the height of the last drought, and I was just really fascinated by stories of water privatization and sort of inequities of water resources in the Central Valley, which I was hearing about, but I, I didn't recognize how <clears throat> complicated it was. So it was really a journey of discovery, of interviewing, you know, over 70 people and kind of figuring out the story as I went. Um, and I didn't know it was a feature film when I started. I thought I might be making a short. So yeah, but you're right. I mean, the crisis is a crisis of water mismanagement as much as it is of uh, climate change and drought. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a big, big topic. You have a lot to talk about. Yeah, it, it is insane. And what really kind of blew my mind, well, a lot of things blew my mind, but a couple of things that really stood out to me in the documentary. One, how scared some of the people that you interviewed were to talk about you know, the politics behind this. It, it sounded like they were in, in fear of their safety. And two, the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, the agriculture industry controls 80% of the water. Just mind-blowing. Can you talk about kind of the revelations you discovered as you were making this film, in particular those two topics? Yeah, right. Because I think during the drought in California, people are concerned about you know how they can make a difference in their water use. And Oh, I have to take a shorter shower. I should, you know, brush my teeth uh, for shorter, not put the water on. And I think what I was really shocked to learn was that of the water that humans use, 80% is used by agriculture, 20% uh, is used by the cities. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of agricultural industries in California that uh, are just massive and, and different than what we imagine, I think when people imagine farming in the United States and in California, we think of these family farms and people are literally out on the farm growing and um, this idyllic thing. And now farming in California has largely been taken over by large corporations and uh, are now predominantly growing tree crops like almonds, pistachios and walnuts, which collectively use more water than all of the cities in California combined. And, you know, California grows 80% of the world's almonds. Um, so we export almonds that we grow in a desert during a drought. Um, and the effects of that are we have, you know, ecosystems, uh, you know, just disappearing in California. We have rivers drying up and um, it's really, it's a serious situation, but unfortunately, 
to this day, I think most people don't know where their water comes from and just have really no idea of this story. Politicalization of, of water is just shocking. And the sad, I think the sad thing that I learned watching a documentary was how it's very bipartisan, right? Like both parties are guilty of kind of you know, neglecting the ongoing crisis with, with, with the Delta and everything. I mean, is there anybody uh, on the horizon right now that you've seen in office or running for office that you think could finally help, I don't want to say curtail this issue because it's been going on for decades, but at least start to shift it in a positive direction? Well, I don't look at it that way. I mean, I yes, I agree. It's it's an issue that is bipartisan. And there are Democrats who I think are really progressive on water. There are Democrats who really are not. And the same goes with Republicans. And um, I mean, you know, to give someone a shout out, I, I think um, Congressman Jared Huffman in California, um, uh, who I believe chairs the, the, the water subcommittee in the House, uh, is doing uh, good work. But I, I think at the end of the day, there's just not enough political will for there to be change. I think that's really how I look at it. And until more people sort of learn where their water comes from and just get sort of the bare minimum level of interest in the subject, there uh, won't be anything done by our politicians because it's such a difficult issue to tackle and because there's so much politically at risk and because the agricultural industry donates so much to these political campaigns um, everywhere on both sides of the aisle. Uh, you know, it's gonna take us, I think, to, to make a difference. There's no one leader who can come out and, and do this on his own. For sure. And I think with this documentary as well, I mean, it's very eye-opening once it drops November 2nd. I think people are going to be shocked and it may, it'll hopefully inspire them to take some action. So as far as like a long-term goal, obviously you want this to be financially successful and everything else, but do you hope that this documentary kind of inspires people to speak up more about where their water comes from, particularly in California, and also really kind of break the whole media narrative? Because when I was going into this, I'm thinking, okay, like, you know, we always hear about, and we've had droughts here in the New York area too. It's like, okay, you know, don't brush your teeth with too much water. Don't shower too much. Like this guy, this documentary, I feel like really kind of breaks the narrative and makes you realize like, wait a minute, like we're not the ones that are really part of the problem here. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I also realized I'm talking a lot about California and you're right. These issues uh, affect everyone everywhere. And uh, you know, everyone relies on water. Everyone has water issues. Climate change is going to make uh uh, these issues really more severe. Dry places are going to get drier and wet places are going to get wetter. So flash floods and things are also different kind of problem that we'll see more of. But uh, yeah, I anticipate, you know, water conflicts and water wars, as they say, to be a, a huge national global security concern in the future. And I know that the UN has been saying the same. So uh, yeah, uh, I hope that it changes the way people look at these issues you know, the main thing you have to do, again, is just like find out where your water comes from. And we have a tool on our website. If you go to riversendfilm.com uh, and click on the resources tab, uh, you can sort of click on the map where you live and it'll tell you about your, your water sources. And I, I really think that is the first step because if you don't know where it comes from, then you don't really know what your impact is and, and you know, or, or what else is using that water. And because again, you know, water, it's a global problem, but it's a local issue in the sense that everyone's got a different watershed and every watershed is a slightly different story. Um, it's usually the same kinds of themes and issues that I talk about in the film. You know, a lot of times, you know, this 80-20 split of ag and urban water use 
is mirrored across the world, actually. So um, there's a lot uh, that's the same, but uh, first you have to, you know, I think learn where your water comes from. So I hope people do that. And I hope that's the change that the film film makes. Um, yeah, I, I just I just see that as the first step. When did you realize that this was going to be a full length documentary? Uh, soon, really. I mean, I think uh, <laughs> maybe the first five to 10 interviews, I thought it could be a short. And then after a certain point, uh, it just it just wasn't. I actually do remember speaking to a guy named John Herrick, uh, who really introduced me to the Delta, how that was sort of the hub of California's water wars, how there was six fish species headed towards extinction there. They're gonna build these two giant tunnels to divert water under the Delta to agricultural corporations and cities. And it just, um, it really, uh, I think at that moment, I really understood the scope. And you were like, wow, yeah, this can't, this definitely can't be a short film. This it's is like impossible. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, and I really had to squeeze so much in to make it feature, I mean, it could be a 10 hour miniseries. Not that I think anyone wants to learn that much about it, but you know, it's just, it's endless, the, the amount of uh, uh, information and, and flat facts and conflicting facts that there are, so it's, it's amazing. Absolutely, and I did some research on you as well, and, and you have a background in, in Viceland and, and full screen, and it's a big jump to make a short film, let alone a, a full-length documentary that's getting this this wide release, especially on such a, a serious issue with a lot of political red tape that I'm sure you, you had to go through. So how did your experience uh, as a filmmaker, as a creator in those companies, and even maybe before then uh, growing up, help you when it came to making River's End? Yeah, so I, I actually started making this film when I was still at USC Film School in 2015. So it was a long journey. And, you know, at that time I would have film school friends come and hang out on shoots and hold the boom pole or whatever. Um, it really started very, very small. And I guess the way, you know, really that my experience helped was that it connected me with, with a producer financer who, who made the film possible. Um, you know, that's someone I met on a, on a show that I started as a director's assistant on, but then, you know, was promoted to script supervisor and then promoted to associate producer and also second unit director. And so like through, through raising, uh, rising through the ranks on this season of this show, I was, I guess, able to, to prove to someone that I could make something. Um, but I don't know that any, any of the experiences really prepared me for what it's like to make a feature film. Um, really, because it's uh, it's an amazing challenge, especially at this very independent level where you're really kind of doing everything yourself and with a very small team. Do you have any advice you'd give any aspiring filmmakers, anybody that's, that's thinking, you know, I would like to make a documentary on a topic I'm very passionate about, but I just don't know where to start. I always kind of say, I mean, I don't want to be discouraging, but I would, I would say, you know, make sure you really have to do this. Make sure you really need to tell a story and this is really what you want to do, but you really want to be a filmmaker. Because if it's just a hobby, um, kind of an interest, uh, but you have some other ones, you know, go go do the other things. Because um, this is, uh, you know, you have to be really all in, and it, it just takes a lot of work. But it it is immensely um, fulfilling. I guess I would say start by um, doing a lot of research. Um, 
And then, I mean, for the documentary like this, I thought it was important to talk to the right people. So a lot of it was even just researching who are the experts and um, looking at, you know, who's mentioned a lot in articles, who's writing a lot of papers, things like that, and then talking to them and, you know, genuinely trying to figure out what they think the movie should be uh, and, uh, and not trying to impose anything on it, at least not until you're editing it and, and have to cut down for time or something. Um, yeah, that's the first step, I think. Very cool. Well said. Well, Jacob, I really do appreciate the time. People can check out the film, riversendfilm.com. It'll be available on video on demand November 2nd in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. on Vudu, Google Play, Apple TV, iTunes, you name it. They got Amazon as well. And, of course, if you have cable, you can check it out on demand on Comcast, Spectrum, Cox, DirecTV, AT&T, and more. Uh, real quickly, you mentioned the resources tab on your website. If people checked out the documentary or learning more about it and they're feeling a little hopeless, uh, what advice would you give them as far as to get involved? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, it only feels hopeless because uh, uh, not enough people are engaged. And so I hope that's what the film can do. I hope it can get more people kind of activated and, and learning about this issue just to get enough people interested so that um, there's a little bit more political will to, to make some change. So I would say, you know, watch the movie, tell people about the movie. I, I hope it can be a really good tool as kind of a one-on-one on, on water and, you know, pass that tool around. And, um, you know, or, or you don't have to use the tool. If you know, you know, another place to look about, you know, where your water comes from, do that too. But um, that's the first step. And then the second step, if you want, you know, contact your, your representatives uh, because we only make up a small piece of the pie in order to make change on, on, a, on a bigger scale. You, you, need, um, you need your Congress people, assembly members, et cetera, to, to know that you care and to, to do something. And I should note too on your website, riversendfilm.com, you could also request the screening as well. So if you're a student on campus or something in the workplace or, or wherever, maybe a film festival, you can request a screening, right? You can. Thank you for mentioning that. Yep. We've been done actually over 150 screenings with different organizations, wow. companies, uh, universities. So keep them coming. It's great. Awesome stuff. Riversend, check it out on demand, November 2nd, riversendfilm.com. Jacob, thank you so much for your time. 